0: Shall we give the Enterprise a proper shakedown? I would say it's time for that, sir. I... Before this drama unfolds, we give welcome to the ones named Kirk and Spock. You! What planet is this? Which one of you is the captain? We violate the treaty, Captain. Sir, someone is stealing the Enterprise. What are you scratching (laughs) at? Humans make illogical decisions. Distract sequence completed and engaged. No! Yes, I found Mrs. Spock. I'm talking to Mrs. Spock. You understand? Starfleet, do you read? This is the Enterprise. We are under.
1: Welcome to Star Trek Monthly Monday, number 60. This is the the original series, old school Kirk style. And Scott Gardner, my usual uh, co-host on this show, has gotten the blue screen of death on his computer. It's finally shit the bed. It's finally screwed the pooch, as they all do eventually. So, he's a little out of... Uh, out of the loop today, and we have brought in for his first Star Trek Monthly Monday, the hair metal hero.
2: Finally, it's about goddamn time. I waiting like
1: four years to be on this show. Well, now here you are. Yeah. Better make the best of it, man.
2: Oh, I will. Hit the big time. <laughs> oh, it's like it's like it's like that lover boy song. Guess who hit the big time? Only the lucky ones. <laughs>
1: yeah (laughs) did i tell you i went to a lover boy concert and we held up a giant sign that said liver boy on it (laughs)
2: hey man it's all good
1: (laughs) the look on their faces (laughs) (laughs) that was priceless but they're canadian though i'm sure they were very accepting of it i'm sure they did not say anything of it all right well i think before before we uh get going into the show proper since this is your first star trek monthly monday we should get your star trek origin story and your, you know you're just your general dossier oh
2: boy all right well I'm, I'm five three brown hair, brown eyes um little chubby i like long walks on the beach and flowers
1: oh oh star trek dossier. star trek style yes Oh, okay. not, yeah, It sounds like, unless you're writing this to Shatner or something.
2: Oh, I've written worse to Shatner. <laughs> no, that's not true. I love Bill. I love you, Bill. I call him Bill. We're tight. Um, Alright, so Star Trek. Um, well, I guess it's surprising to me that Next Generation is not my favorite series because that was the one that debuted when I was eight years old. Oh. And it, I watched it, but um, it was not... I'd, I'd seen random episodes of the original Star Trek on on reruns in Boston. Um, WLVI TV fifty six used to used to run marathons every once in a while, and uh, that was sort of my introduction. But my one of my sisters, uh, her husband is a huge classic Trek fan, die hard. So just just classic Trek. That that's it. Classic Trek, classic era, the TV show and the movies and he had the old school columbia house two episodes on a vhs tape collection just all of them so there was like was it had to be 40 tapes yeah so he had the columbia house subscription get the the whole the whole collection um two episodes on vhs tape the nice trade dress and the the oversized boxes and uh he said you know you watch that next generation crap won't you why don't you give this a try? So I sat down and just, I started just picking them at random. I couldn't even tell you what the first episode I watched was. Um, actually, that's not true. Now, I think how the old first, were
1: you? Uh, roughly about uh, this time. Oh, uh, like 10, 12
2: 10, 10, 9, 10, around that age. 9, 10, 11. Probably, in, yeah, probably 9 and 10. Um, and, uh, I think actually I think the first episode I saw was the original pilot for Star Trek cuz they aired it one time after when Next Generation was about to hit cuz I I used I had that taped off the TV it was like now the special first airing of the unseen pilot to Star Trek and I was like ooh all right and I was like yeah it's a little weird but I dug it you know it doesn't have Shatner in it but it still had Spock uh so I dug that but um so I went through all the Columbia House tapes that he had and uh, just devoured those, and then finally, like after I was probably like two thirds of the way through the the series, Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan was showing on oh. cable, and I watched that, and it was just like that. That was the that was what really opened up the floodgates. I'm like, this shit is awesome. That was the jam. I love it. I mean, you know I'm a big classic Trek guy. You have a you have a VHS tape in your possession that needs to get transferred to digital because it is it is I and my father doing the Star Trek experience at Universal Studios, Orlando, Florida. And uh, if that ever gets released um, (laughs) to friends of the show, they can look at it and marvel at my amazing acting skills, my crew cut, and my chipmunk cheeks. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> and my
2: and my dad and really crappy Vulcaneers.
1: Oh, your dad was, was Spock, were you Kirk?
2: I was the captain. He was the science officer. Yeah. Come on, of course I was the captain.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I usually with your dad you would think you would uh No 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 no
2: no <laughs> <laughs> No 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 He looked more like Scotty at the time. When you when you see that when you see the tape you'll you'll understand. He probably so You was... were
1: more you were more third season Shatner, is what you're saying. Oh yeah, that
2: costume they gave me was real tight.
1: You guys are <laughs> roughly the same height, I think.
2: <laughs> uh, what No, Shat- <laughs> Shatna's got a couple inches on me. <laughs> Not where it counts, though. Uh, but um, I'd say that's my Star Trek origin. I, you know, the Classic Trek's been around for me since I was 9 or 10, and I did watch Next Gen. and uh,
1: Did you ever but, do any of the uh, the Voyager, the Deep Space Nine, or the Enterprise? Deep
2: Space Nine I did, and I stayed pretty good with that. Um, Voyager I watched the first season, and I was like, this is cack. Not for you? No, 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 no. no. And then I tried Enterprise, and I, I know Enterprise got better, but I was just like, no, 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 no. But classic track, classic crew, TV show and movies, and... About one third of next gen and most of Deep base nine is what I'd call my Star Trek
1: so this is a perfect episode to have you on then
2: oh of course it's classic
1: I don't know if it's the perfect uh episode of
2: <laughs> Star Trek it's budget. not the perfect episode it's definitely there's a lot of
1: what would re- you say what would you say is your favorite episode of Well, classic track yeah, oh, yeah classic trek
2: well. It needs to have great dialogue between the trio. Uh huh. It needs to have Scotty working a miracle, and it needs to have a compelling villain, either a humanoid or a or a force or a computer.
1: Well, I I guess I didn't mean really your ideal. Oh, all right. Like Um, of of all of them, which one do you have a favorite or like?
2: It's hard not to put Space Seed right up there. Because Khan is which just Which is so,
1: one we already did.
2: <laughs> I know, which Khan is just so so amazing. I Tholian Web. uh anything with the Romulans. You know, like the two episodes that had the Romulans Balance of Terror and then the one where they were undercover with the with the ears.
1: Which I don't think we've done that's the one with the Vulcan death grip. Yeah. And
2: I also love the super cheesy episodes. As cheesy as they are, mm-hmm. like uh, the you know, the Lazarus Factor and the one there with Frank Gush and what the hell is that one?
1: Is that the alternative factor? with it? I think so.
2: Yeah, with it, you know, the half black. He's black on the white side. I am yeah. on the right side. Yeah. Those I love all that stuff, man. I I I drink it up.
1: Well, before we actually get to our episode, I actually have Star Trek news this month. Ooh. I mean Star Wars news comes fast and furious these days. Star Trek News Any kind of Star Trek news is usually movie-related. Movie-related, which isn't met with a lot of uh, enthusiasm on Star Trek Monthly Monday. It gets us into conversations, but not usually this. Too bad Scott's not here for this. His loss. I got the the latest John Byrne Star Trek comic. Ooh! It's a Star Trek Strange New Worlds. And I guess IDW is calling it an annual.
2: Okay. Star
1: Trek: I... Strange New Worlds annual. It is a fumetti, or what's a fumetti? As known in, Amer- know. in America, a photo novel. Uh. Oh. Which, it's an uh, uh, there's I mean there's a vast his vast history, but there's there there's already a series of Star Trek photo novels that they put out in the seventies. And uh, this this is wildly different from them in <laughs> that it has a brand new story. Ooh. He has taken Star Trek episodes and, you know, cut faces, characters, things out and re-jiggered them together in Photoshop huh. to do a whole all-new story. That's and, awesome. And this one is... Is um basically they revisit um what is it, Triangulon 3? Or no, Delta Vega.
2: Delta Vega. Which is,
1: which is where Gary Mitchell oh, where no of the, has
2: Center gone of the
1: before.
2: Center of the Galaxy.
1: So it's basically the sequel to uh Where No Man Has Gone Before. Awesome. Uh, and if you remember that episode, it had some it it was one of those weird well, it was the first real episode of Star Trek. Yeah. So it had a little bit of a different different outfits. Black yep. had his little like, um, um, oh, what what do you call those collars that go like they, they were ribbed. sort of thing. Yeah,
2: yeah, the like ribbed a, collars,
1: ribbed turtleneck collar. Yeah, they
2: had and, the same uh, color as the uniform.
1: And the doctor was different and stuff. Yeah. Was, yeah. So, this sort of. Gives him an opportunity to play with different time periods, and uh, I don't want to give away any of the story because it's you know it's brand new comic. But you know they go they go back there, and uh, obviously you know Gary Mitchell is is still alive in some way, and Kirk starts almost sort of living in a Gary Mitchell induced holodeck, so he gets put back in in different. different time periods to see key key moments in his and uh, in Gary's relationship and boy it's really well done I'm intrigued what's really funny is where no man has gone before I believe was done as a photo novel and it has a little bit of a recap of it in here huh. you know which is but it's done so much better than the photo novel. It's laid out like a comic. It is it's you can see sort of John Byrne's style and it even though it's photographs. It's very interesting.
2: I'm I'm genuinely intrigued now.
1: It's uh yeah, they got they are they're, they're going on eBay for like between seven ninety nine and nine the cover price is seven ninety nine on it. Which yeah. is kind of expensive. But That's why they called it an annual, man. Get that yeah. extra 4 bucks out of you. Well, there's no there's no ads. It's it's all photographs and it's all glossy, you know, beautiful, very nicely done. Has a nice article on the history of photo novels, the brief history of photo novels. <laughs> Basically, they showed up just in time for Betamax and VHS to s- make them pointless. Gotcha. If if they would have been if photo novels would have started ten years earlier, they would have been oh just guaranteed bestsellers. All right. But as it was, they were a, a short period of time. I'm trying to get. I'd like to get all the photo novels, but some of them are really expensive. I'm trying to remember. I think Rocky Two is one of them that was really <sighs> expensive. But there's that a love at like... first bite photo novel, a heaven can wait photo novel. Oh Jesus! So, Nightwing. Uh, I don't even know what that movie one is. About vampire bats. Obviously. It's terrible. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> um, I just got Cheech and Chong's next movie photo novel. A little while <laughs> ago. <laughs> yeah. Does the does that humor work on the page? It's they had to work at it a little bit. Yeah. It doesn't like... work. It doesn't work like the movie. It, if you've seen the movie, okay, you can get it. But if you hadn't seen the movie, <sighs> all right. So let me put
2: it delicately. How much dope do you have to smoke to be able to, you know, read that photo novel and get the? Oh same yeah,
1: yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> uh, an awful lot, yes. <laughs> okay. Although well, the copy I got seems to be well read. <laughs>
2: Alright. Does it have an odor? Is it a dank odor?
1: It doesn't have any seeds or stems in it if if that's what you're you to pick those out anyway, man. Yeah, nobody's used it to roll joints as far as I can tell. That's usually <laughs> that's you, like,
2: you would think somebody would have done that with a Chicha Chong comic.
1: Were, we're I, I know. Well, they used to have the records that had giant rolling papers Yes, up them and my brother in law tells me about them all the time. And every b- friend I've had that works at a used record store says when the Cheech and Chong records come in, people always open, you know, they always check the gatefolds because a lot of times they found pot in them. <laughs> hey, there you go, man. <laughs>
2: That's a weird tangent to take on Star Trek Monthly Monday. I
1: know. But it's if you follow it back, it all traces back to something Star Trekky. Yes. But that's all I got. Any Anything particularly Star Trekky y happen to you besides this?
2: Uh, the last Star trek thing that happened to me was when I went to Long Island back in November and met up with ace podcaster Spall, Paul, Paul Spataro. I can't even talk tonight. Paul Spataro from Back to the Bins. And other fine Demanzicor shows. And uh, he gave me a Star Trek II, the Wrath of Khan Kirk action figure. Ooh. Mint in the
1: box. Ooh. Yeah. Does he come with his glasses? (laughs) He does come with the glasses. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. I was joking. Let me grab it. Let me (laughs) see it. (laughs) That's too funny.
2: Yep. The glasses, the communicator, the phaser, and several interchangeable hands. And his white... Collar is ripped open and there's a big blood splatter on it.
1: Excellent. Yeah. If they made it nowadays, you'd press the back of it and it would yell con. Yeah. Or, young, I feel young.
2: (laughs) Not as as interesting as con. Con, you bloodsucker. Sorry. (laughs) That's another show. No con tonight. We get we get space hippies tonight.
1: Oh, uh, more space hippies!
2: I love space, hippies. Love space <laughs> hippies. I bet you fucking love space hippies,
1: dude. We reach, man. Oh, we totally reach. All right, so this this month I was gonna say this week, this month it's a season two episode, the apple.
0: Captain's log, star date thirty-seven fifteen point three. Our investigation of Gamma Trianguli 6 has suddenly turned into a nightmare. Captain! The tricorder readings are totally inefficient. Would you mind being careful where you throw your rocks, Mr. Spine? It's over there! That way! I never saw anything like... I am the eyes of all.
1: Dun, dun. And uh, I haven't seen this one since I was a little kid. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, today, usually we, we hear from the nitpickers guide for, for um, to Star Trek. But since I don't have the nitpickers guide to Star Trek and Scott Gardner isn't here to read Yay. it, I am going back to Alan A. Sherman's The Star Trek Compendium.
2: Oh, I get that
1: one, too. So uh, this is the 38th episode of of Star Trek in the second season. The Apple. Yeah. Directed by Joseph Pevney. Good old Joseph Pevney, who I've never heard of before. (laughs) All right. Stardate 3715.0. Nice round stardate. Beaming down to Gamma Trianguli 6, the Enterprise landing party discovers a seeming paradise until they encounter poisonous plants, exploding rocks, and extremely dangerous weather conditions. In contrast, the planet's inhabitants are a gentle, childlike people, who call themselves the Feeders of Val. Val is a computer constructed many years before, quote, in the dim time, by unknown entities, which survives by metabolizing the natives' offerings of food. The device is draining the energy of the Enterprise as well. The landing party must defeat Val and its people, led by the high priest Akuta, before the alien machine can destroy the starship. After a major battle with the villagers and Mr. Spock's encounter with a lightning bolt, the starship's phasers destroy Val. Doesn't mention that Vol is a big horned lizard head, too. Yep. That, that, that helps set the scene. Yes. Um, I remember this episode so differently than it was. I thought, (laughs) I I remember it as Val was not eating the people, but like sucking some life energy out of them or something. I thought Val had some sort of, there was some sort of like Faustian deal with, with Val, you know, nothing that complex in this episode. No, (laughs) no, it, it. yeah, Val was just just wanted some fruit. Yep. To keep his keep his diodes greased or something. Feed know. me, simo What is it with what is it with aliens all having white hair?
2: <laughs> it's it's cheap. It's cheap to do. And it's striking. I'm more I'm more, you know, taken aback by the pink very pink and RNG flesh they all look like they belonged on the Jersey Shore
1: mm-hmm <laughs> yeah they all, that was my first note is uh, Tan and booth natives yeah Jim yeah. tan vol well vol right I mean vol was probably yeah vol was probably giving them the 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 equivalent of a of a nice tan all the time yes yeah, toned healthy bodies and this episode reminded me of of you a little bit, Hero. Oh, Jesus Christ! Because Chekhov was getting some. <laughs> son of a bitch. I was like, ah, oh, good for Chekhov, man.
2: Chekhov is only in this episode to get some for an That's explicit purpose. That's all he's there for. Yep. Yeah, to teach the natives <laughs> about the touching and the holding,
1: which Vol forbids. <laughs> <laughs> you can see the life visibly drain out of the landing party at that point. Once all the like bikini clad native women come in, they're like, Oh yeah, his touching's and so it's touching's off limits. It's just like, alright, let's get the hell off this planet that wants to kill us. Scotty, you gotta get the ship out of here.
2: Yes. Well that's why I mean, you know, my joke at the end of the show is gonna be, you know, something along this lines, but I'll just say it now. Anyway, at the end of this episode, Kirk gives these people the greatest gift of all the gift of sex
1: yes he does and he doesn't even he just says you know you'll figure it out i think that's the only upside of all of what (laughs) oh i know (laughs) it really was a paradise until you assholes came in well and basically you have basically really they 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 don't come out and flat out say it but it sounds like vol is running the whole planet they're like this is impossible the planet is the same temperature everywhere on both poles you know it's it's complete it basically sounded completely climate controlled yeah i'm assuming i guess maybe i shouldn't assume that there were more than like 20 natives on i don't on the think planet. so
2: i think he vol had about 20 30 people and that was it jeez you know <laughs> so that's the measure of b- busting the prime direction. Well, it's only twenty people.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, I love when Kirk gets gets his dander up and decides like, "This is wrong. We have to do something."
1: Well, he the was all bones. over the place at first. He's like, Ugh. after this, I mean, this episode was a veritable red shirt slaughter. That was my note. I yeah, said red shirt slaughter. <laughs>
2: five red shirts. Just, and one of them's female.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, They're she made it anyway.
2: Well, she had to, because Chekhov had to touch her boobies.
1: Yes. But, um... Yeah, after that, uh, after, like, the the first red shirt gets a, gets a chest full of spores there, yep. not not as good as Spock's spores, but, you know, Kirk is like, ah, what have I done? You know, I'm killing my like, crew. Hoo. And then they're like, these are your orders, and he's like, sometimes damn the order! And, you know, he's just back and forth on it, I back know. and forth on it, and... And there's honestly nothing he can do at that point since they can't beam up. Yeah. But, yeah, there. I mean, there were just a few, like, off-character moments that they needed for the story. Like, Spock, just cavalier, like, breaking rocks in half and chucking them around. and Yeah, shouldn't that rock have exploded in his in face his when hand. he snapped it? Yeah. Oh, Spock is a bitch in
2: this episode. What He, <laughs> he gets, like, he gets the gas from the, the flower, then he Goes into the force field and then he gets struck by lightning. It's I like, know
1: it. Second degree burns turns his skin black
2: or <laughs> green, whatever color it would be.
1: Yeah. Well, it was. I mean, in the in the in in the video, he just had a big tear and you, all you could see underneath it was black. That's body hair. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying he's a Robin Williams? Yes. Leonard Nimoy is a Robin Williams.
2: Oh no, not Leonard Nimoy, Spock.
1: Oh, Spock. <laughs> Leonard Nimoy is smooth. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just this. I mean, this really had a lot of a lot of your a epi- lot of your um in the beginning when you were talking about what you want from a Star Trek episode. This had some Kirk acting in it.
2: Oh, fantastic Kirk acting! Yeah, oh,
1: it's four hundred men. The Up scene there. where he's talking to Scotty, uh, yeah, is pure Shatnerisms. Yeah. Every oh yeah, it's there's a there's a mass fight where they oh, just yeah. kick the shit out of all the natives.
2: Classic two handed Kirk action.
1: I love it. I love that. I, it's just such an uneven fight. It's. Oh, I know. It's great. And it's got the classic Kirk introduction where he punches you in the face and then tells you that he's not going to hurt you. Yeah. After he's punched you in the face.
2: The look on Akuda's face, though, with the single tear, it just reminded me of this (laughs) friggin' Native American looking at his desolate landscape.
1: Yes, exactly. It's like,
2: oh my god. No kill eye. You you struck me. (laughs) It's like, yeah. Come on, man. Kirk.
1: That's why I like Kirk. He leads with his fists. <laughs> and then once he realizes they're gentle, it's like, okay. But the first sign of aggression, even though everybody in the crew is just like, all right.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: These are somebody weak. I mean, they just trounce these people. It's-
2: oh, I know. The female red shirt boots that one dude
1: in the face. Yeah. Yeah. She
2: does not mess around. I think it was just an excuse to have her little mini skirt flip up, but hey, I ain't complaining.
1: was you know, and I I've always loved, and I'm, and now that I was watching the cleaned up, higher quality version, that melon that they uh, bust open, it's like blue. Yeah, it was that was a good um, fake fruit melon. It looked like a real weird thing. Yeah, it did look pretty juicy. That whole yeah. scene,
2: though, is, is so creepy because they're yes, just so is. child-like. They have no concept of what death is, and why should they? They've been alive for thousands of years, and it's a it's a it's a simple thing that we will do.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, we pretend just... this melon is one of the
1: Outlanders' heads, and then just whack. <laughs> just God, and uh, isn't Chekhov's name Pavel?
2: Pavel, yeah.
1: Yeah, but she calls him Palov at one point.
2: I thought she said Pavel. I could be wrong though. That's I mean, not... that she, you know, that that could have called him an asshole, and he'd be like, "That's okay, baby."
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I like how easily. I mean, they're just they're just uh, all over PDA, uh, or yeah, PDA left and right, and oh, yeah. uh, and Kirk comes up, and I'm like. Thinking, alright, does Kirk yell at him? Because he's one he has nothing to say. No. And he's just like, oh no, human biology lesson later.
2: Yeah, Get which is work. an outstanding scene <laughs> in this episode.
1: Cause Kirk's oh. in there thinking I'd be studying biology too if I was Chekhov. I remember when I was a young <laughs> ensign. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah, it's uh... It's, this episode is kind of a hot mess, but it, it is fun to watch it.
1: I also love when they get on their obvious studio sets and they comment about how beautiful the world is, and it's yes. just... There's,
2: <laughs> there's, colorful there's, three, yeah, there's three non-Enterprise locations in this, <laughs> and, it, and they, get the, they get every bit out of them.
1: Just after that plant spiked the one guy, did you notice... There's like a, I think it was Kirk, where he's philosophizing, and while and he's, he's touching talks, the like, flowers, he's stroking the flowers. I know, I'm stuff, like, you talking.
2: shit, what are you doing? That last one just killed a guy, and now you're touching shit. Jesus.
1: I, you know, I mean, most places, like scientifically, would be like, all right, everybody freeze, <laughs> yeah. form a perimeter.
2: <laughs> Don't let the plants look at you.
1: And the, and what's also great is. They they keep showing you know the you you can see someone hunkered down one of the natives yeah. hunkered down with his white hair uh, tr- tracking them and they're like he's agile like a cat he, but nice every scene you see he's just sort of like hunkered down and wobbling awkwardly
2: well, that's not as bad as when Kirk orders them double time and you see them lazily trot off it's like <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be shitting me. <laughs>
1: I thought double time in Star Trek meant full-out run with an occasional shoulder roll to break things up.
2: Yeah, not, not not on this planet. You know what it is? I bet that set was about 13 feet long. <laughs> yeah, and if they
1: should. would run running, they would have ran right into the wall. Yeah, you couldn't get too much of a head of steam up for yeah. it. Yeah, you're probably it, right. absolutely right. That being said, I mean, this episode
2: does open up with them beaming onto a planet. You know, there's no preamble. It's just it's right yeah. into Star Trek. It's go time. Did you watch the. Um... I watched the one on Star Trek.com. I do have them all on DVD, but I was like, all right, I'll just watch the one on Star Trek.com.
1: Uh, you know, I love that Star Trek.com has all the episodes on it, but their interface. Their bitch yeah, it sucks. It's is terrible. The, it's the suckiest thing. It would be so easy to have them laid out. Star Trek, the original series. Episode 1, season 2, season 3, and then sub-lists under that. But no, they chose by title. Uh And not by title of episode or anything like that. By title of, well, by title of the show. And then by title of episode. Yeah, it's brutal. Just list them in alphabetical order. So you gotta dial through all the stuff before the original series. And then find your episode out of sequence in there by the title of it. It's... It's just ridiculous. I, I mean, is that, is that sort of like a punishment for it being free? Okay, it'll be free, but you're going to have to work to see your start. You know,
2: concept. I don't even think it's that. I think it's just like these nerds won't give a shit how we give it to them.
1: Yeah, but we know. We know how much better their website could be. <laughs> we're nerds.
2: <laughs> yeah, you would think that, but whatever.
1: I could I could find 10 nerds in spitting distance of me who could fix that website up.
2: Exactly yeah. Face up. I couldn't, but
1: including our own Mike Voiles, who's designed the Two True Freaks page,
2: and he has a fantastic show about DC Comics and Mike's his own... Amazing
1: world of DC Comics. Yeah, and his and his own website, which is more amazing than ours and more amazing than almost anything.
2: Almost anything.
1: Almost anything. Not as amazing as the actual comics he talks about, but that's true. All right. I think I checked off all the asses I'm supposed to kiss this month.
2: <laughs>
1: I'm sure there's nice other ones. Yeah. But That's, uh, oh, yeah, Go ahead. Another science question I have. Oh boy. The Enterprise is a pretty big spaceship. Yes. Maintenance of a planet's at, uh, uh, you know, temperature and stuff. A lot of energy. Yeah. Baskets of fruit. It's super fruit. <laughs> I guess so. It's like, super fruit. So it's a palm and uh, acai. Acai. And acai, acai. And some, some, acai. Some, some,
2: some zinc. Some potassium.
1: That's <laughs> all Val needs.
2: Well, you notice they have to do it like every day. So, you know, a little may go a long way, but it still has to be every day.
1: See, in my memory, I remembered... I remembered Vol with a voice. Maybe it's just because Kirk and computers, I expected there to be some logical back and forth. Not in this one. No. Phase
2: on full. Blow this fucker up.
1: Until, it's, until he sparks out in the mouth, and then, you know, Vol's blown a fuse. Yeah, my question with this is now, so if
2: Vol was controlling the atmosphere and the temperature and everything, it's like, Kirk just basically doomed all these people to He just wrathcon them, too. Yes,
1: he did. What if, what if I think was... they should call that Wrathcon, like Retcon. Where, yeah, where what... Kirk just goes and screws somebody, some whole people over and then leaves, going, well, yeah, this, job this... well <laughs> done. They have sex now.
2: There's really no need to disrupt this community because it's really not like an oppressive thing. It's what? a bunch of happy people.
1: That happy, have... childlike people. Just yeah, they were laughing and they didn't all, know about violence until yeah, Val wasn't hitting the, them or anything no. like that.
2: What if what if that computer that was made in the dim time was uh you know what if that was regulating the planet so that it was habitable?
1: That's what I'm saying. It's maybe like, like forty degrees below fuck. zero, and they could have sex once for warmth.
2: That's it. That's the only reason they, they do they'll
1: it. They'll freeze. They'll find them like Pompeii, huddled together. Yeah,
2: it's like you you
1: went down to a planet with no children and you were complaining about it? Come on. Exactly. That was the only paradise type of thing. See, I think the gift, you know, now they're going to die, now they're going to have sex, and, of you know, of course they're going to develop um, grudges and family well, know. plans and trade. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, you want to introduce this? And well, yeah, he does because he's getting the hell out of there. He's on to the next planet. <sighs> I I
2: love. I love when Kirk wants to break the prime directive because it, it it usually is there's you know a reason why or he has to go investigate why someone's broken the prime directive I wanna and find
1: out what he has against computers.
2: It touched him once. As I a guess child.
1: something happened. Yeah.
2: Maybe I don't know. Then again, his best friend is basically a computer. So yeah, I know. I don't know. Um, I don't know.
1: And but computer computers are easy targets, you know. And of course, uh, the 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 biblical references in this one were yes. subtle, subtle, so subtle you could barely even notice them <laughs> as they beat your head like a <laughs> like a feeder of vol with a stick. <laughs> It's a simple thing. And just in case you didn't get it, at the very end, they have to—they—they they have Mister Spock accuse Kirk of being Satan. Spock, are you casting me in the role of Satan?
2: I don't know of anybody on this ship that even remem- remotely resembles Satan. Oh my God! It was like. I love, I love the dialogue, but that one's really, like... That's clunky, yeah. <laughs> you are laying it on. They could thick. have done
1: something with that, but yeah.
2: And if you were going to take I've that for- metaphor to its logical conclusion, shouldn't there have only been two people on that planet? One man and one woman?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would oh, have made
2: yeah. that a lot stronger.
1: Yeah, no, Kirk was the snake. <laughs> Yeah, I guess yeah. that's Satan. Yeah, that's right. That, I guess the snake was Satan. Yes, he was. So, yeah.
2: You're asking the Catholic boy. I can I can do this shit all night. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, I mean... I love all the trio stuff, but this one is a little ham-handed.
1: Well, you know what the awesome thing is? Next month on Star Trek Monthly Monday, we will be covering the comic that's the sequel this where they go back to the planet yep that's our next star trek comic
2: oh god i need to listen to this i need to find a a pdf of this i gotta read this
1: next month yeah we can we can we can hook you up for better or worse i I have to say don't get your hopes up i haven't read it yet but
2: my hopes hopes are not up this is not an episode that you need to do a sequel for this
1: is one that you watch it and go oh that was kind of cute no, we need to do a sequel, but Scott and I should really write it because <laughs> it would be—it'd be like it would be like forty degrees below zero. They would basically be like Khan and his people, angry and militarized. <laughs> uh, then he's just doing Wrath of Khan again. Wrath of all.
2: The Wrath of Akuta. Oh, he'd be long dead anyway. You probably what, now like yeah, these people could like just rapidly age now. What the hell? You know, are they just going to, like, disintegrate? They're going to get instant osteoporosis yeah, and cancer? Yeah, and...
0: their memory
1: starts going. They're still trying to feed Vol. Oh, Who Jesus. knows? Who knows? You should at least leave behind a team to sort of help them uh, make sure that they feed themselves after thousands of years of living basically in a nursery. Well, they did know how to feed themselves.
2: I guess, but I'm... Because well, they, they talked about, you know... The,
1: the pl- don't they talk about planting stuff? Oh no, maybe that's something that they. Let I think them Kirk to was do. sort of telling them that they're gonna have fun planting stuff. Oh. <laughs> in vaginas. You guys have a lot of backbreaking work to enjoy in the future. Oh,
2: the beast with two backbreaking. Yeah. We can turn any show I'm on into a show about sex, can't we?
1: Yes. Good. Any conversation, anything that you can grab a hold of, I'm sure. Like, check out grabbing those space titties.
2: (laughs) I mean, I literally wrote that down in my notes. I literally have it in my notes. What does it say? (laughs) Oh, touch them space titties. That's what I have written. (laughs) And my other, I think the only other note that I have to mention was when that one red shirt got hit by the lightning. I can't be the
1: only person who yelled out, SHAZAM! <laughs> Here's the thing. Yes. Why even run? <laughs> it's lightning. It's, it's gonna lightning. Faster than you. You're not going to outrun it. No. <laughs> Let me run into this rock. Is it is it like zombies? You don't have to be fast, just faster than the person behind you? Oh, yeah. Is that how it is? Oh, yeah, that's probably the reason why I decided to lose weight, because if
2: the Zompocalypse ever comes, I'd be the first one gone.
1: And another thing I noticed that they could have fixed up in this is that planet had a beautiful orange sky. Mm. When the stock footage of clouds came by, it was like, all the they, you know, they look up and it's a not blue sky, but blue-based sky. It's stock footage of clouds. Yeah. And then they cut back to them, and there's the orange sky in the background, too. That would have seemed like something they could have easily I think, fixed.
2: I think the one I watched online that seemed like they had the orange sky. I
1: don't recall it being too blue. Maybe they did. I don't know. I'm, I am yeah. I think the one I watched was the enhanced version. The planet sure looked pretty. Not that there was a lot to enhance. <clears> one. Yeah,
2: I couldn't tell you, because I haven't watched my, my DVD in a long time.
1: Uh, they added some sparky things, it looked like, onto the uh, phasers hitting the hitting Vol Okay, maybe. I, and that was about all I really noticed, if anything. It's not a. It's not an
2: effects-intensive episode. No. Which I mean, you know, those ones are good, but you know, they it, they did try to actually have a plot carry this one, but it it is just so wiffly waffly back and forth between what it's trying to say. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's
2: it's. I mean, it's a total bipolar episode. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Kirk... Kirk lamenting his his command duties, which usually fits in well in most of the situations he's in, it's like it seems really forced. They didn't need to have any sort of threat to the ship to well, drive he, this. He Instead gets, of doing that, you could have had more going on about them actually exploring Val and maybe finding out it's more sinister than it actually is, and you know, and actually some background on it. But I don't know. That, I didn't write the episode, unfortunately.
1: A threat to the ship is also cheap. Oh, I know. <laughs> One set, put adults. everybody on the bridge.
2: <laughs> yeah, you got Commander Kyle in there, you know? Writing on his little doohickey. <laughs> is that just sketch?
1: I think that was, you know, now that you mention that, I think they put threw some stuff onto that in the... Uh enhanced version too.
2: Yeah, it looked just like a plastic after sketch screen to me. I didn't see anything on it.
1: I could see a little bit of doodly doodles going on on it.
2: Uh, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what the hell I watched.
1: But I know <laughs> it had a serpent
2: headed cave, space titties, smooth check of, exploding rocks, lightning. Kirk got it Kirk got arm laid. You know, they put that thing around his arm. Oh that's right. He did get laid in this episode.
1: See L-E-I-D. That's, that's the thing is is with Kirk is he gets all broken up about the red shirts like at the moment of their death. Yeah. He's joking around, you know. Yeah. Ten minutes later, you know, he's. I have to call his family. Hey, what's for dinner? His dad got me my first job at
2: Starfleet. Scrubbing latrines. <laughs> Space latrines
1: cleaning out the computer vents.
2: That's Ooh. why he's pissed. Yeah, that's what he was actually thinking in the back of his mind. He's like, I'm not calling this fuck his dad, I can <laughs> clean the shit out of everybody's bathroom. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a weird episode. It's fun though, because I mean, it does have a lot of the tropes that we love in Classic Trek.
1: Yep. And bright colors. I like bright colors. I love it.
2: I love it. I love the gaudiness of it. I love the cheesiness of it. This one says a lot less than some of the better episodes.
1: But... <laughs> yes, it's not... Yeah, they yeah. didn't get like a ace science fiction writer for this one. No, Hal and Ellison did not write this no. one. <laughs> that would have been interesting.
2: Oh, it would have been all about sex if Hal and Ellison had wrote it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it would have been, It would have ended up like
2: Zadar's if he if he had. Yeah,
1: that. <laughs> Ball just floating overhead and and baskets. The gun f- is good. <laughs> the penis crush- is evil. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, someday I'm gonna have to do a. Somebody suggested I do that as a medium masochist, and it's I. It's not um, a masochist. A no, because it's just bizarre. I love that movie. Well, not Chris, bad. I do own the DVD for
2: Zadaz, so Ooh. if you ever want to get around to it, Ooh. I will talk about half naked Connery.
1: With yeah. Him. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of nakedy nakedness in that movie.
2: I love how Ooh. weird 70s sci fi that is. I mean, you watch that and Logan's Run back to back, and it's like.
1: That's that's one explodes. of those movies that the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, okay, this is really weird, and then upon some, sub- not that it stops being weird upon subsequent viewings. But it makes more and more sense within its own yeah. self, and it's actually—I sort of think that movie's coming back around to where it might not, where it might get less weird because some of the concepts and even the technology in it, it will make make more sense. I think it was a little ahead of its time.
2: Uh, you could say that,
1: <laughs> and at the same time, of its time. <laughs> But, Charlotte Rampling, come on. Yeah. that's That was the 70s for me. Char- She's like the iconic naked 70s woman.
2: Nah, <laughs> Jenny, Jenny Aguilar.
1: Oh, yeah. They're cut from the same cloth, I think. From the va- same gauzy, filmy cloth. Oh, yeah. Love those 70s babes. Yep, I do. I do. All natural.
2: <laughs> yeah. All right. What else can we say about this one?
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't really have any more notes. (laughs) No,
2: all of my notes were just things with exclamation points, like exploding rocks, landmines, boobies. Boobies. Spock is hit. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah, and then in the peeping toms. It seemed pleasurable
1: for them. No shit. And Chekhov had learned the Kirk face mask to mash, too, for... Oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: do you, do you, who do you think he practiced that with, though? Did he practice it with Kirk? Oh. Dun-dun-dun. Get your Slashfic pens out.
1: <laughs> I'm sure it's been done.
2: Come here, Ensign, and, and sit on my knee. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. There, I'm all, let's let's I'm stop all right jokes. there. Let's stop. I'm all jokes.
1: Let me um, let me stop you right there and fire up the old Star Trek computer. All right, if it's a good one, I'm if gonna it, ask to be on again. It has not had the blue screen of death so far. No, because it's analog. All right, yeah, but you gotta kick it sometimes. All right. Number 65. Did you just Fonzie
2: the Star Trek computer? Yes,
1: I did. <laughs> hey. number six- Oh, wait. That's right. Usually I bark out number 65 and Scott Gardner. Let me um, flip through my Star Trek concordance and see what's... Oh, we've done that one already. It, you know we probably have. Okay, here it is. <gasps> no. No, no. I don't believe we have done this.
2: Pull up the spreadsheet.
1: I hope we haven't done this. this is it a good one? So I don't have to change it. Um, it, good being a relative term. <laughs> it is for the world is hollow and I have, and touched, I have the touched the sky.
2: Oh, that's a great bones episode.
1: Uh, yeah. That's the one where he has like the incurable disease. If I recall correctly, yeah.
2: that is a, that is a fun one too.
1: It's a, it's another cheap set yep. episode. wait. What, what, what doesn't didn't every episode have a cheap set on the ship? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but this is like just this is like a two cheap sets episode. I don't even know if any of this probably a little bit of it takes place on the ship. But uh this this one was one of the first ones um I I read the um the adaptation of it before And I want to say, it was was James Blish, the James Blish adaptation of it. I read before I saw the episode. Nice. And that's all I really remember about it. I remember Scott and I used to make fun of it a lot, so...
2: It's got a great title, though.
1: Yes. It's portentous.
2: It's amazing.
1: Oh, now I'm remembering some stuff. Yes, this has some good crazy acting in it.
2: Fantastic, crazy acting some... in it.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Good. <laughs> Not quite as good as Neuralizer, but no, nothing will ever beat the Van Gelder. <laughs> uh, I wish we hadn't hit the Van Gelder so early on. It I guess that gave us a head of steam, but man.
2: Yeah. Did you do, did you do Garth of Izar yet? Yes, you know, we have. One? Okay, you did. Okay, that had some good craziness in it too.
1: Yeah, I I I. I love it when they, especially when they get somebody, because back back in this in Star Trek, when they, you know, when they had to get somebody to out Kirk, they get Ricardo Montalban. Yeah. And the freak out people they get are just great. Once again, never as good. At, Van Gelder was the apex of,
2: yes. The apogee of that. And yeah, that was a
1: first season episode. That was like five five or six episodes in. It was the pres- precedent center, center.
2: Yeah. <laughs> It was all downhill from there.
1: Yeah, and I mean, Star if you Trek. go on YouTube, you'll find people. There's, there's like a I, I saw a video the other day of a guy, just who strapped himself down to a table, and <laughs> just did all the Van Gelder lines. So nice. I guess it's important to a lot of people.
2: <laughs> it's yeah. Well, Star Trek's important to a lot of people, yes. especially especially me.
0: be a show sponsor today. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2 truefreakscom to shop there. If you
1: use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2 True Freaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual
0: and help out the 2 True Freaks at the same time. Welcome to Amazon. I love you. <laughs> Visit our brand new website at 2TrueFreaks.com. 2 True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. Join our forum at forumforgeeks.com, where you can discuss all of the shows on our feed with us and your fellow listeners. You can find 2 True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for 2 True Freaks. And hey, you can friend me, Scott Gardner, on Facebook, too. My name is spelled S-C-O-T-T-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. You can friend me on Facebook, too, if you can find me. Now available, Two True Freaks t-shirts. See our website for details. Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check that out at www.comicspodcast.com where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. We are also members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com league. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of Two, Two True, True Freaks! Freaks.